I pastored in Calvary Chapel, San Diego, you know, for 33 years. And every year in January, I would give a prophecy update, usually on, on New Year's Eve. And I would every year say this, there's some of you right now listening to this that will not be alive to see the next year. And I said that when we had a small church. I said that when we had a huge church. You know, it was easier statistically to say that. But every year, somebody sitting listening to that message was not alive to see the following year. And I can say that now because of COVID. Um, Guys, how many family and friends have we lost this last year? Unreal. I lost my little sister. My wife lost her little sister. We lost our aunt. And I, I know that all of you have been saying the same thing. My wife is doing the grief share today at 3 o'clock. People are calling saying, let me tell you, I lost my husband. I lost my child. I lost my best friend. I lost, And it's like, wow. None of them to COVID, interesting enough. Cancer and leukemia. But I can just simply say, guys, this isn't a hypothetical that doesn't have almost immediate reality. We're living in the immediate reality. So wake up. The game's happening. <laughs> Watch out. You're, play, you're, you're a linebacker and the guy's running at you. You're on the field. Wake up. The play's happening. We see right now in the world... Authorities have gained unprecedented power in every country, not just the United States. But because of the COVID, there's been this grabbing of power. And it's not just by governments, is it? If I told you five months ago, a company is going to make it so the president of the United States can't talk. You'd say that's insane. I own, let's say I own 7-Eleven. I own the 7-Eleven, all the chains. And I decided the president can't talk. What, is, that, is that insanity? We're seeing insanity. Now, how is it that Amazon and Facebook and Twitter and all of the TV media and all of the printed media and newspapers are all on the exact same page. They're being communicated by their coach, okay? It's probably somebody over in Europe right now who's probably like the president of France, somebody like that, not a huge country, but big enough. And they're all on a Zoom call and they're discussing how this is going to roll out if facebook just did it they look stupid i need everybody to be together on that and then all of a sudden here's another type of facebook another type of twitter a billion dollar company and in a second parlor shut down if that's not monopoly i don't know what is go back to the railroads with Vanderbilt and those guys, they, they had to give up. They had to start four different, they had to sell off and have other co- country companies they couldn't own. One guy could own all the railroad system. 
this is just ludicrous. I mean, this is literally illegal to a degree that is insanity. And we are powerless. Why? Because it's supposed to be happening this way. In Isaiah 60, verse 22, a little one shall become a thousand, a small one, a strong nation. And listen to this. And I, the Lord, will hasten it in its time. When you look at the, in, in prophecy, like in Revelation 3, 11, he says, Behold, I come quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. In Revelation 22, 7, Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Revelation 22, 20. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. It's going back to this concept like in Isaiah 22. When it's the right time, it's going to happen, boom, quickly. One domino hits the next domino, hits the next domino, and you're like, ah, it's happening too quickly. It took forever to set the dominoes up. But once it's time, boom, the dominoes, it's just like... It's time for Jesus to come in his first coming. Well, he's going to be born in Bethlehem, and Mary and Joseph live in Nazareth. All of a sudden, Augustus says to the whole world, everybody go back to your city you were born in to pay your taxes this year. Is that insanity? But we know the entire world was affected to get a poor boy and a poor girl on a donkey and travel 90 miles. We know that, don't we? Just like it says, when it's time, the Lord says, I will hasten it. So what we're seeing is a hastening of all of these things that the Bible has talked about for years and years to come together quickly. What are we seeing set up right now? Everybody that's in the flow of a one world government is being raised to power. Everybody who's willing to play the game of a one world power is getting billions of dollars and getting places of power. And the stupider they are, the better. Right? I mean, the more feeble they are, the better because it's not about them leading it's about the antichrist leading he doesn't want them to think he just wants them to be a puppets for him so the kingdoms of the world right now are being set up quickly the dominoes are falling that all the main world leaders are becoming puppets to this one world government no borders everybody gets $15 an hour worldwide everybody has the same economy everybody gets the same health care everybody gets something or nobody gets anything straight across communism and anybody that bucks that system he's taking them down so we see in Rome in Daniel chapter 2 it says that the fourth kingdom the one of feet of iron mixed with clay is the revived Roman Empire in which the Antichrist is going to serve. Now, all four world kingdoms, that of Babylon, that of the Persian Empire, that of the Greek Empire, that of the Roman Empire, 
Our, all four world kingdoms, Satan had a different flavor in all four of those world kingdoms. All four of those flavors are going to be present in the Antichrist. But geographically, it'll be located where the, at least the, the main part of it is from where the Roman Empire dwelt, which is Europe. So you can, you can put money on this. England will not be able to stay out of the EU. They're going to get pulled back in. Why? Because that's the European Union. And they just broke it up. Well, man, that's, that's weird. They're getting out, then you're getting back in. Iron mixed with clay. Powerful in one way, but incredibly weak in another way. And so what are we seeing here? They're calling it the Great Reset. Interesting, if you go back and look at when communism took over the USSR or other countries, they always had a catchy little phrase. They always have a catchy little phrase. Well, this time, it's not just one area of the world being taken in by communism. It's the whole world. And here's the catchy little phrase, the Great Reset. Remember a few years ago, they changed from AD to BC? after before christ and after christ and they said bce and ade like e what era before the common era after the common era which common era it doesn't matter just as long as jesus isn't the center that's all we care about so there's going to be a one world head headship dominating the world for a short time the antichrist only gets one term in office a seven-year period he doesn't get reelected. His, his, second, his second session, he gets to rule in hell for a thousand years and then for eternity. He only, he only gets one term of seven years. And really, it's only three and a half of those years that he really has power. So the Antichrist rule is a very short rule, about three and a half years. So it's going to be set. It's going to happen quickly. He's going to have control over the world. He's going to have a one world economy. And we know somehow it's tied to the Mark 666. We see that happening now. The other day I saw a picture and it showed the new microchip. And then they spanned it back. It, can, it was smaller than the tip of a pen. So it could go right through the injection needle. Do I think it's a COVID vaccine? No, I don't. I'm just saying it can be that. My, I mentioned that to my son. He said, yeah, my dog got a micro, microchip. And he said, it's so small that if somebody ever wanted to cut it out of him, they could never find it. We can't even find it. It's in, it's in. It's just so t- tiny. It's so small. So we know that somehow you're going to have to accept the world demonic system, probably denying Christ, denying all of the religions, because he has a one world religion, one world economy, and a one world military force. What are we going to see in the immediate? Ezekiel 38, guys. Remember that battle? In Ezekiel 38, this is where Russia and Iran predominantly, but other countries like Turkey and Ethiopia and Libya will join in, and they'll go up and fight against Israel, and they'll all lose, and Russia will lose a big part of its army. So what has to happen? The United States has got to be minimized. Do you guys know where in the Bible it talks about the United States in the last days? Nowhere. We go away. Either we become a part of the Roman civilization, we get, you know, us and Canada and Australia, we all become a part of the, 
the Roman Empire. You know what I like to believe is why we get minimized? It's because us at Calvary Chapel Los Alamitos are witnessing to so many people, leading so many people to Christ, that it spreads all over our nation. And when the rapture comes, virtually everybody in the United States is gone. Okay? Just, just think about that. You're not only giving them eternal life, but you're saving them from the tribulation period. Maybe, that, maybe that's your motivation. I, I, I don't have enough love to step out of my comfort zone and share with my friend to come to Christ so he can have eternal life. But I do have enough love. I don't want him to see the tribulation period. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, wouldn't, I would think it would be the other way around. But I don't know. But the United States is going to be minimized. That's okay. How does it work? First of all, they take away your freedom of speech. Secondly, they take your ability to gather together. And then thirdly, they take away the guns. Why was there 25,000 soldiers in Washington, D.C.? They just want you to get used to seeing that. To see military checkpoints, it's fine. For us to see a bunch of military gathered around locations, controlling things, I actually feel better about it. I feel safer now. This is what they want you to think. And eventually, um, we will get points by citizens, like in China. If you lose citizen points in China, all of a sudden, your credit cards won't work. You can't get on the train. You can't go to the supermarket and buy stuff. And if one of your friends says, man, I'm so sorry you don't have water. Let me get some of my water and give to you. Then they lose points for helping you. Oh, I'll give you a ride. We know where you are. <laughs> we can track you. And, and, and so, they'll, so now all of a sudden, it's like, I don't want to curse my family. I don't want to curse my friends. So you lock yourself in your own apartment under arrest, house arrest. So you, you don't curse anybody. And then you slowly get citizen points back again if you do what it is they want you to do and not do what they don't want you to do. Google is the one actually helping them set that up. And Google has already said that they have that ability in the United States to do that. Um, and if you count up Google in the Greek, it comes out to 666. I'm kidding. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I should actually look into that. So how are we to prepare ourselves? Well, there's going to be a great falling away. Now, we, we thought about that. A bunch of Christians at one time exiting living as Christians or assembling together as Christians. Isn't that what the COVID did? You know, I think the majority of Christians gathering was just a very casual thing. You know, they went from every week to, to once a month to five times a year, to three times a year. So they were very weakly connected in their commitment to the church. It was more about how they, I want to go to churches. It'll make me feel good if I go Christmas Eve. Oh, I love the, the, the lights. I love, I love the Easter service. I'll go there because it makes me feel good. They're not committed to grow and cry. So this COVID has disconnected people for a year. And I think at the end of this year, they're, they're going to say, it's just going to feel awkward to try to reconnect back with the church. And plus, I'll lose some citizen points if I go to church. So we're seeing that happen right now. That Christ, he says, before the rapture comes, there'll be an apostasia, a great falling away of believers. 
This is a fact. This is one of the things that we're going to see, and I believe we're seeing it. In Hebrews 10.23, it says in verse 23, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Another exhortation in Hebrews 10.24, Let us consider one another to stir up love and good works. And then another exhortation in Hebrews 10.25, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. Do you see this? When we see that we're in the last days of the last days, we're going to see people unwilling to assemble themselves together as the church. So we already know the, de- the, the offensive play Satan's going to put on us, and he already gave us a defensive plan. What is that? When you see this offensive play being pulled out, Start going individually to people and exhorting them. You are falling into the apostasia. You are falling away from the gathering together of the brethren. This is a scary thing for your own soul. Please repent and come back to church. Come back to the, the believers. Get, come back to seek the Lord, not just to be religious. Here's the thing I, I really want us to see. Truth is true, and truth is always helpful and liberating, but not all truth is equal. So the truth that we should have freedom of speech is not as important as Christ loved us and died for us and was buried and rose again the third day that he who believes in that can have everlasting life. Do you see the difference? So when we get to Ephesians chapter 6 about the spiritual warfare, you would think that truth would be a knife and the word of God would be a sword. And we have these two offensive weapons, right? No. Do you know what truth is? It's a belt. It's a belt. It says the very first thing, put on truth. Get that belt on. You don't want your pants falling down. But then he says, the only offensive weapon you have is the word of God. Spiritual truth is our only offensive weapon. So what have we seen in the political realm? We see these liberals coming at the conservatives with tanks and machine guns and rocket launchers. And then all of these good-hearted believers are out with their belts. And we're like going, why are we getting our butts kicked? But then every once in a while, you'd hear Trump or you'd hear one of the congressmen quoting scripture or giving a spiritual truth, and it's like a bomb. We sense it. We are spiritual, discern all things. We sense like, wow, that was offensive what happened right there. When that guy... That congressman or that senator quoted scripture and said, this is what we're standing on. Very rarely did it happen. But when it does happen, you hear it on the news. It's like a a bomb going off. But then they're back to their belts. Whining, whining about Pelosi. I'm going to hit her with my belt. So if if you're thinking we can win the last day's battle with our belts, you're wrong. The battle is going to be won 
with the truth of God's word, spiritual truths. Amen to that? We need to pray for our leaders. Paul says that in 1 Timothy 2. Peter talks about that, to honor the king and pray for them. We need to pray for them, whoever they are. Another thing we're going to see in these last days is lawlessness is going to abound. It's how Satan is going to cause love in everybody, including Christians, to grow cold. Because you get beat up three times trying to go get groceries, you start getting hard-hearted. And if it's black people that beat you up every time, you start getting racist. Or if it's a bunch of Mexicans that beat you up, you start getting racist. Or if it's a white people that jumped you, you're going to start getting racist. Okay, and all of a sudden our heart starts to get bitter and racist and hurting because there's there's constantly, you know, just like in in in, in Africa. You 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 cannot stop at a stoplight. You got to cruise very slowly and then gun it, or you'll get carjacked. Your house is full of chain link fence that are electrified, and you have literally bombs in your grass area. That if somebody jumps the fence, they'll get blown up. Yeah, this is where we're heading, guys. We're not, we're not surprised by this. It's not a world we want to live in, but it is a world that somebody, some believer is going to live in, right? I mean, somebody is going to be the believers in the last days. It may not be us. It may not happen for 100 years. I don't know. But I am saying that some believers are going to have to suck it up and say, I really don't want to believe, be a believer in 1950 Russia, but I'm a Russian in 1950. I don't want to be a Christian in China in the 1930s, but I'm a Christian in, the, in China in the 1930s. Nobody wanted to be that, but yet there were millions of them, right? And, and so in the same way. So we see right now a permissive spirit. You know, George Soros is spending millions, probably billions of dollars to get prosecuting attorneys, especially the main big cities who basically say, you know, everybody's good. You killed somebody? Well, just, okay, come to your court date in a couple of months, and they put them on the street. Okay, this is, we're not, we're not surprised by these things. We're not ignorant of Satan's game plan, and we should not be ignorant of God's game plan. What do we need to do? What's God's offensive place? Watch and pray. Listen to Peter in Peter 4, 7. But the end of all things is at hand. I think so. I think so, guys. I think finally after 2,000 years, this scripture applies to us. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. That's what we're going to be trying to do Wednesday night. We're going to try to learn how to seek God and be serious in seeking him. In 1 Peter 4, 8, above all things, have a fervent love for one another, for love covers the multitude of sins. It's going to get harder to love as lawlessness increases. In 1 Peter 4, 9, be hospitable to one another without grumbling. When you're uncomfortable in your flesh, you grumble. 1 Peter 4, 10, as each one has received a gift, minister to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. 1 Peter 4.11 If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as by the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and dominion forever and ever. 
Amen. Guys, come to church to minister and be ministered to. The whole concept of showing up to church like a movie and you come into the theater and you leave when it's over, stop that. Come early to share with one another what God's been sharing with you. Open the Bible. Hey, this is where I've been reading this week. This is what God spoke to me. How can I pray for you? Lay hands on one another. Maybe start carrying some oil in your pocket and anoint one another with oil and pray for one another. We, we've got it. We've got to quit coming to church like we're not in wartime. We're in wartime. We've got to act like we are in the last days and, and we prepare ourselves, growing fervency and love for one another. In Matthew 24, 42, some more game plan. Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour the Lord is coming. In verse 43, but know this, that in the master of the house had known what the, when the hour of the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. In verse 44, therefore, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming in an hour you do not expect. What is he saying here? If I didn't give you prophetic words to let you know when you're in the last days of the last days, that would be irresponsible. That would be like me, God is speaking. That would be me like I know that thieves have a plan to come in to break into your house and I don't say a word to you about it. I'm telling you, I'm coming. The thief, Satan, who's out to steal, kill, and destroy He's breaking into our houses. He's going to try to steal our love. He's going to try to get our minds to think we don't need church. We don't need the people of church anymore. He's going to try to get you to to walk less in love. Not forgiving one another. Bitter. I'm I'm not giving everything here, but it says there's going to be a betrayal even amongst believers. Natural love is going to grow cold. Boy, we're going to see... Like Lot's wife, he says, he says, be, watch out for Lot's wife. Her heart was so full of Sodom and a love for Sodom and Gomorrah that she turned to a pillar of salt. Don't be that. But we know the thief is coming to break into our houses and we need to be ready. In Luke 21, verse 34 to 36, but take heed to yourself, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, with drunkenness, with the cares of this life that the day come upon you unexpectedly. You think, well, how can some guy control the whole world? If you get everybody drunk and you get everybody high on marijuana, it's pretty easy to control them. And when things are starting to get depressed, it's like, man, we don't have freedom of speech anymore. Every time I try to go somewhere, I got to talk to the military just to get to my grocery store. This is just a lot to bear. Well, let's go get some marijuana and that'll... That'll take the edge off. God, God will understand. Man, I'll tell you what. After I've smoked a joint, I really understand the Bible like I never understood it. I have the sweetest prayer times after I smoke a joint. I can't tell you how many times I've been told that. I think there's a little self-deception going on there. He goes on to say in verse 35 of Luke 21, For it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things which come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. Pray always that we're counted worthy. Preach the gospel. The door that is open is going to be shutting. 
In 2 Timothy 4, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead and appearing of his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. Verse 3, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. They will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure affliction, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. We see it, don't we? We see hearts more cynical. We see people claiming more people to be atheists. We, we see people more bitter at God. Well, if there is a God, I hate his guts because my brother died. If there is a God, I hate his guts because he let my child die. If there is a God, I hate his guts because I haven't been able to get a job in a year. You, 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 you see the door shutting, don't you? And I'm just saying, there are hearts that can be reached, but the door is shutting. We need to share the gospel. The Lord has warned us offense in our offensive plan that as you in the last days of the last days you need to get the word out preach the gospel you're going to stand before God and give an account in season out of season when you have time when you don't have time when you feel spiritual when you feel unspiritual when it's night when it's day when it's morning when it's uncomfortable when it's comfortable when it seems like they're open when it seems like they're not open in season out of season and and don't don't just passively do it get in the mix Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering. And then keep our eyes on the prize. Colossians 3 1. If you are raised for, with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things on this earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ and God. Oh, that's good news, isn't it? Ah. When Christ, who is our life, appears, you also will appear with him in glory. The payoff, guys, is great. No matter what our sufferings are, they pale in comparison with the glory that is ours in just a few minutes. Keep yourself, this is the final exhortation, keep yourself in the love of God. In 1 Peter 4, 8, we quoted this a minute ago, but above all things, have a fervent love for one another, for love covers the multitude of sins. Boy, our human bodies sin a lot against each other, don't we? In Jude 1.21, keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Lord, we thank you. It's clear. We are in the last seconds, really, now of the last days. And I could imagine you tearing and waiting for your own reasons. We know in the last days it's going to seem like you're way overdue in your coming. But Lord, we thank you. Hmm, we thank you. In your perfect time, you're going to make all things happen quickly. Once it starts, once the time is picked, it's all things are going to line up quickly. A one world government, the Antichrist being raised up, a one world currency a one-world religion, a one-world monetary system. We see it, Lord. We see, just like Augustus told everybody to go back to the town of their birth to pay their taxes, and Joseph and Mary quickly had to go to Bethlehem, even though she was so very, very pregnant. And it was so uncomfortable, so difficult. It was so disheartening. But yet we knew it was your divine plan and your first coming. It all had to be lined up quickly. 
over 350 prophecies of your first coming, and they all happened within your 33 years of life or sooner. It's amazing. And Lord, we know now there are hundreds of prophecies in these last days, and they're all going to happen after the rapture in a seven-year period. It's going to happen so quickly. And we know the Antichrist is going to be raising himself up, and the spirit of the Antichrist has to be more permeated in the world for him to be accepted and raised up. And then just three and a half years that he can do what he wants. After that, the angels of heaven, through the bulls of wrath and, and, and through the, the judgments that come upon the earth, where Satan himself is going to be shut down while trying to rule and reign with his power. And then you're going to end it all. All things are going to be under your feet in that final day of the battle of Armageddon. All the kings of the earth come together to fight against the Antichrist and then against you, the true and living Christ. And all will end at that moment. And then we'll start the thousand-year millennial reign. We'll come with you on horses to earth and rule and reign with you a thousand years and everything's met with a fervent heat and a new heavens and a new earth and a new Jerusalem where we will be with you forever. So Lord, we count this little vapor of time, struggling, suffering, being persecuted, being uncomfortable, having to beat our body in subjection, whether it's to read the Bible or pray or come to church or share our faith, whatever it is, Lord, we would take, deny ourselves, take up that cross and follow you. We would daily crucify our flesh with its passions and desires, a day at a time seeking you first, your kingdom and your righteousness letting all the earth stuff sort out as you want it to sort out. Help us now, Lord. We commit it into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.